Welcome. It's nice to have you here. I'm so glad you could come. This is going to be such an exciting day. I hope you enjoy it. I think you will. Open your mind real wide now. Freaking out, man. You are freaking out, man. What's up, my strange and unusual friends, and welcome aboard the Mothership Radio Show. I'm Kevin Gassman, your host. You know, there's a lot going on in the world, and it's very unpredictable. How we manage it is another story. So I wanted to bring back a friend of the show, Renee Watt, a practicing witch with psychic abilities, to maybe help us deal with all the craziness that's been 2020 so far. It got weird, didn't it? Yeah. So yes, hexes, spells, and witchcraft. Good versus evil, positive and negative energies, planets in retrograde. Whoop-dee-doo! What does it all mean? Well, we're going to find out and get strange and unusual with Renee Watt on the Mothership Radio Show. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. What if I told you I'd take you to a place you've never been and do something to you that's never been done? What do you feel the energy is overall? I mean, do you, do you get a sense of that, an overall energy of not just maybe of Americans, but is there an overall global energy you feel that might have maybe dipped a little bit or has subsided or? You know, I think that it, it really fluctuates a lot. Um, there have been, you know, since, since the pan, like, you know, since the quarantine started and then the social unrest began so quickly after that, um, you know, there have definitely been days where as a sensitive, I can feel all of the turmoil that's happening in the world on a very like sort of like deep and immediate level. And I don't necessarily think you have to be a psychic to feel that. I think a lot of people are feeling sort of just like this depressed energy, like a depressed collective energy where it's like sometimes our energy levels really like we just feel wiped out. We feel uninspired. A lot of people have been having insomnia, especially, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, there was a lot of insomnia happening. Um, but I think that, you know, there, there's a mixed bag where there are days where, you know, someone might be really optimistic that the changes that the world is going through are necessary because our current system wasn't working, which I believe. Um, but I also sense a lot of fear around, you know, well, we are going through a lot of changes as a country and as a society and as a world. And I think that there is fear around um, if we are truly going to be headed in, a, in an evolved or devolved direction. And I think we'll have a better idea of the place we're headed after the election. Yeah, there's a lot of people who don't like change, you know, and that's, we see that going on and change is necessary. Change is unstoppable. It really is an unstoppable force. It'll, there will be change whether you like it or not. So I think what we have is this kind of a, this old guard mentality of holding on to something that they're comfortable with. That's been, you know, something that they just are used to and, and, and thinking outside that box, it scares a lot of people. I agree with that. I think it does scare people. And I think that one of the problems attached to that resistance to change is that people feel like if they admit that they need to change, then they somehow are admitting that they were wrong mm. at some point. And people have a hard time with accountability because there can be some guilt 
around that and people don't want to feel guilty and they don't want to feel accountable. They just want to feel correct. And I think that's where a lot of resistance to change comes from. So what are some things people can do to maybe alleviate some of the, you know, I don't know if you, if, if we can go down this path with you or not, as far as like loneliness or depression or a low energy field around them. Um, you know, I try to stay positive. I'm trying to focus on other projects. It's one of the reasons why I did want to start the show back up because it will take my focus off doing nothing and it'll keep me creative and, and hopefully the content this show provides will eventually help people and, uh, reach out to them to know that, Hey, you're not the only one thinking like this, you know, we're, Well, I think that that sort of for you, I think that that is a good position for you to come from. And I think it is important that like as content creators, we sort of like muster the strength to continue to move forward because there are people who listen to the things that we make that it does help with their sense of isolation. But for me as a content creator, it helps me with my sense of isolation as well. When I release an episode, uh, you know, either one that I record by myself or I'm forced to have a conversation with someone and then listeners, you know, reach out and they sort of comment on the topics. But I think that, you know, outside of being a content creator, the thing that you really have to fight for and you do have to fight for it is you have to fight for your inspiration and you have to fight for your optimism and you have to fight for your sex drive. Like you, like if you have a partner, you need to make sure that you're still having sex because there's a, there's like a sort of like a heaviness and a temptation to sort of just like become complacent on all things because the world just feels like it's still and that it's not really moving, especially in, you know, cities where the lockdowns are a lot heavier than other places. Um, But I think that, you know, one thing that I that I believe I have found to be helpful is on days when I'm feeling distraught or I'm feeling like helpless or tired, I call in my optimism and I say I call in my optimism, I call in my joy, I call in my inspiration. And that's sort of the way that you say to the universe, but also to yourself, like this is where I'm going to direct my focus and this is where I'm going to direct my energy and this is what I'm going to manifest maybe like a little affirmation type of thing, you know, to, you know, cause, uh, I, I've kind of come into a, uh, a habit of going to bed and, you know, saying to myself, you know, I, I retake the positive energy and release the negative energy that doesn't suit me anymore. Even things yeah. like that. I think that's the perfect thing to do before bed too. Um, a practice that I always recommend to clients is to sort of, inhale a white light and exhale a black smoke as you're falling asleep and do that until the smoke turns gray and then light gray and then white. And that's sort of a way that you can, you know, do energy work on yourself without needing to go to like a Reiki master. Hmm, That's pretty cool. I like that idea. There's so many things that we can do to avoid the kind of depression and loneliness. And, um, I mean, it's, it is, it is sad because it's a thought of like, Oh wow! Are we ever going to be able to, you know, be with other people? <laughs> you know, are we ever going to be in the same room? Will I be able to date someone? You know, because you know this is obviously it's a no go until we get the all clear. <laughs> you know, yeah. So, no, it's true. We don't know how long that can be. Right. Um, you know, I think that it's also like it's really important to just find simple pleasures where you can. You know, like work with aromas, work with candles, work with you know, like. You just have to, it, like, it's, it really is just a fight. It's a fight for your sanity at this point. You have to be proactive about that. 
a good thing would be for people to do would be to find a project, uh, maybe a creative project or something around the house that you want to work on. Just keep your mind busy. Keep your keep your focus on something that's you can work on to, today and then now. That keeps your yeah. you know your thoughts on what's happening at the, in the moment, not what's gonna happen and why not what happened in the past, because it is a very scary world in the in the in the. Uh, you know, as we look and watch the news, I mean, I've tried to avoid as much social media as possible, even though I uh, kind of jumped on Facebook again just to promote the radio show. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm about to remove myself from Facebook pretty soon, too. So it's just a lot of negativity. It's just a really it's not good to scroll down, even though you want to see what your friends are up to. It's all about what's going on in the world and which is fine because that's important for us to be aware of. But it's it's negative and you don't know what's real out there and it's and it's hard to digest a lot of it i think that you just have to monitor your involvement you know like i think that if you feel comfortable going to a protest and you feel like it's going to make you feel like you're making a difference then you should um i'm more of the donate to charitable causes bandwagon myself because i don't want to be in large crowds but (laughs) i commend you know if you want to um but i think it's sort of like monitoring your exposure and then deciding how you can contribute or control your response to the situation because you can't be completely complacent going into the world of energy and, you know, and spirits, you know, because I just had a, an amazing conversation with the director of the hat man documented cases of pure evil. Have you seen this one yet? You told me about it and I forgot to watch it's, it. <laughs> well, the interesting thing about the movies we talked about and he brought it up is the fact that you really have to be ready for this kind of movie because it's about bed demons. It's about sleep paralysis. It's about not so much that, but it's more or less about seeing an evil figure, a figure that's there to drain your energy out. So when, you know, when you're on, you know, social media and you're reading negative stuff and you're constantly watching negative things, it's going to impact how you are. So if you try to remove yourself from those things, the less impact it will have on your life. I mean, it's pretty simple in a sense. You don't watch it. It won't affect you as much, even though it's still going on you're not getting personally bombarded by it. And, you know, I would go to Yahoo and I would read the comments and the, and I read the comments because I want to get a social gauge on where we're at and where people are, you know, where they're at in a sense. And it's nothing but negative. It's racism. It's bigotry. It's negative. It's, it's complete. um, I would say propaganda more or less. I think they are people from other countries posting these things it's just really bad. Now, Yahoo has kind of removed their comments at the moment. Oh, disabled, yeah. Yeah, they're asking for a survey of like, if you leave your comments or do you, you know, are you, do you want to see comments? Do you not want to see comments? Personally, I think it's a bad idea because obviously we can't handle it. When you watch some of the, and read some of these comments, whether it's on YouTube or anywhere else, there's always going to be one out of five is going to be a complete, absolute negative, disgraceful what kind of human are you? Why are you writing this? You know, it's like this negative evilness that is out there. So getting back to the, the hat man is when you are negative and you are, you know, hateful, you're more apt to bring in a hateful spirit to bring in. 
So when you have those thoughts, those negativity, that negativity, there might be a spirit that grabs onto you, you know, and then that's not a very wholesome spirit and takes over you a little bit and, and continues on this negative, you know, uh, tripe that you continue to spew out. So being ready to watch that movie is kind of what I was getting to is the fact that if people have seen this hat man before, they might not want to watch this because they might feel or it comes back a little bit. Yeah. That's sort of what you put out, you take in or yeah. what you expose yourself to, you know, that makes me, I, I agree with that. And it makes me think of the concept of the evil eye, which is, um, you know, if you're the type of person who sits and watches people in judgment, like if you're the type of person who will be walking down the street and, like make a snap judgment on someone based off of what they're wearing or something superficial that's not important, you will find that you are more self-conscious because you're aware that that sort of judgment exists. And then it's harder for you to be comfortable within your own skin. Or if you're the type of person who gossips, um, you know, then you'll be subject to gossip, you know, it, it, it's sort of the, the waters that you swim in. And I think that, you know, gossip is a really bad thing to participate in anyway, because if we're looking at the concepts of energy, if you're gossiping about someone and you're saying bad things about someone, you are kind of psychically attacking them. You're kind of trying to take away their light. You're kind of, you know, poking holes in their aura with your negativity. And I just don't understand why someone would want to inflict that, you know, words, whether or not someone hears your words, you know, they feel them and they are affected by them, you know, people's reputations. It's not okay to trash other people's reputations and you're putting your own at risk by doing that. Do you think there's, well, probably this answer myself, but I mean, there's a lot of people out there that are just completely unaware of their actions. They're just, they're, there's, I think they have those studies about um, a lot of people in the public don't have an inner voice. Like a conscience? I don't want to say that, but I just think in a sense that they don't have someone giving them the, uh, hey, this isn't a good idea, <laughs> you know? Right. Well, there was an interesting sort of like theory that my friend had brought up to me at one point where it's specifically in politics, there's this sort of um, theory that people, especially people who are in politics, you know, they they begin their political career potentially with good intentions, but you sort of have to make these moral trades to step up your career. And by the time someone does become successful and powerful, their moral compass has sort of um, lost its calibration and now it has a magnetic pull to hell, that sort of thing. <laughs> That explains a lot watching what we're seeing right now. And we have Renee Watt with us. RainbowGlitterStar.com is her website. Uh, she does readings and, and astrology. And if there's anybody out there listening who needs any uh, advice on that, uh, RainbowGlitterStar.com is where you would like to check it out. Um, definitely know You definitely know what you're talking about. That's why we talked to you on the show here. Um, yeah. let's, let's get into some of that with the politicians. You know, when Trump was elected four years ago, uh, the, there was a mass hex put on him by witches Mm -hmm. do you see any i mean you can say to the point that the last three and a half years that he's been in office has been not the smoothest ride a president has gone through you know and a lot of that is self-inflicted if not the majority of it's self-inflicted 
Do you think the hex worked? And was that kind of the the mo on the uh, the mo on the hex was to kind of just disrupt things or? Um, I mean, I, I hope it works. <laughs> I think that, you know, I think that the intention at the core of the hex, and I mean, there were a lot of witches involved in this, and I think everyone's reasons are going to be sort of different and vary. For me, it was sort of a situation where it's like this, this man is destroying the world. He's rolling back environmental, uh, you know, protections and he's an enemy to social justice and equality and I just wanted to sort of ask the universe to deliver some sort of karma to him um, in terms of that I know that there are other people who you know just wanted him to sort of lose power and just wanted him to not be able to inflict pain on the world so I just think that there is a very like there's just like varying points of view there do you think there should be another one before the election. Yeah, I think it's always a good time to hex Trump. <laughs> I, <think. laughs> I did. I uh, I promoted one for his birthday. On his birthday, I sort of like posted on my Instagram instructions on how you could do it, and a bunch of witches like sent me pictures of their candles, <laughs> and they were like, "Yeah, like get him." Like, all right, like it's you know, and aside from even like hexing someone it does have a sense it does create a sense of unity with the other people who participate as well is there a way to hex and i mean this in a positive way to hex his followers that hey awake to this please yeah i think that hexing such a large collective of people could have bad repercussions for everyone. Um, and I don't necessarily know that I would hex them, but maybe ask the universe to provide clarity, to provide transparency. Uh, I've always sort of wanted that to be the effect that my magic had on Trump, where it was just people would see him for who he was and he wouldn't be able to sort of get away with the swarmy sneakiness of, you know, just him at his core. So I think that's something that would reveal clarity would probably be more effective than just like, let's hex all of his followers. Although I'm sure there are plenty of them who probably deserve it. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't uh, see, that's the thing is like, I, I just wish everyone can see what, what we see, you know, and you just kind of, you, you would hope that, the character of someone would be more identifiable as opposed to ignoring what kind of person he is. Um, yeah. When he, when he posted that video, I think it was on Twitter where there was a guy like at one of his like little conventions or something. And there was a guy yelling white power, white power. And he captioned it with what a great group of people. How is that not a huge wake up call to everyone whether or not you support him how is that excusable on any level but you know i feel like i've noticed um that people are less ashamed of their racism people are more open and upfront about their racism and i think that trump is a big contributor to that yeah he's empowered them absolutely to come out and feel like they have someone that speaks for them <laughs> which is like whoa okay i think we're, we're we're on the wrong plane here i believe you know yeah. Headed in the wrong direction for sure with him. And just, in, I mean, yeah, because the whole you know peeling the bandit off the off the wound of 
systemic racism that's been involved and and you can see not just you know in the economic sector but also in our political sector and and our uh, our protective sector the police and everything like that and everything's just kind of getting out of control and it's getting weird and it's like I don't know how anyone can accept that as being okay but again the whole transformation needs to happen everything needs to change it just does and this is the the everything's kind of coming up to to fruit to uh for all of us to see and yeah. and that's what we see right now and people are protesting against you know systemic racism protesting in favor of black lives matter and what's the response is to bring in secret troops to to wipe them out yeah so, yeah i am are you talking about especially like in portland right. when there where protesters are being thrown into unmarked vehicles by officer national guard officers who don't have a sigil showing to identify them like that's insane that's very fascist that i just can't believe hasn't been the final straw for people especially conservative republicans who would be like what are you doing this would be the absolute opposite of what they would support but but the fact that it's against people that they don't like they they'll you know they'll accept it you know, mm-hmm. if, if it's against people they don't that, that they do like and it's against them, then I'm sure they would. Hey, this is wrong. You know, it's a it's a it's a very weird world we've created for ourselves. And, you know, I feel like the more the more mixed we're becoming as far as races, you know, because that's going to happen down the road. Pretty soon we're all going to have the same skin color. I mean, it's inevitable what's why are people holding on you know this why are we holding on to this this antiquated mentality of things that only worked for a few people not for everyone so yeah um, i mean i think in some cases people are raised and it's just sort of like raised that way and passed down throughout generations this sort of narrow-mindedness especially when it pertains to race so i think that you know there there needs to be a shift where people begin to sort of like question the values that they were raised with so that they can form a more understanding and compassionate opinion because there is no compassion in racism. That's not a thing. You can't, you cannot have both of those things. You can't be a racist and a compassionate person at the same time. So I think that we need to sort of look at where our hearts are. And a lot of people, you know, a lot of these people who are racist and Trump supporters, a lot of them are Christian, which is quite strange, <laughs> to say the least. I mean, I'm not Christian, but I'm aware of how people are supposed to act when they are Christian. And yeah, a lot of it's, it's not what I've been taught on what Christianity is about and what have you. So it's a, I, I just hope that there will be clarity and I hope that there will be uh, some kind of awakening for a lot of people and aware, you know, an awareness of like, Oh wow. You know, I, they needed an aha moment of, of what I've been thinking has been wrong or, you know, it's like there's, uh, there's gotta be other ways. Why should it impact my life? It doesn't, but I don't know. It's just, uh, I'm hoping that this is where we're at in society that we can close this chapter of, racism and bigotry and and get rid of it and i think this is the start of that you know at least i hope it is you know i hope we can start moving out because i think we're seeing a lot of the the older um you know politicians are making way for the younger ones with more positive compassionate minds who are more aware of and i'm talking more of the female side of politicians (laughs) (laughs) 
because that's I, what we're gonna... I hope it's changing i'm i i'm worried about the election not because of how the people are going to vote i'm worried about the election for what the outcome may be regardless of how the people vote which it was a problem last time we had right. an election um, and I'm also worried about the, you know, he's creating, the president is creating a lot of issues around mail-in ballots and, you know, kind of infringing on people's right to exercise their vote, making it difficult. If you saw, you know, some of the um, elections that were happening, you know, for primaries or local elections, things like that. A lot um, because of COVID, a lot, there was almost like um, a restricted amount of voting places and people had to wait for hours and hours and hours to vote, specifically in states where mail-in ballots are contingent on whether or not you have a medical disability that will allow you to go to the polling booths. So, you know, in California, you can mail in a ballot if you just sign up. Right. because you want to mail in your ballot. But there are other states where they're, you know, no, you have to have a medical excuse to not actually physically come in and punch in your vote. And that's something I think, you know, we need to look at. And not only that, but Trump recently appointed one of his friends as the head of the U.S. Post Office. And part of the concern is that mail is going to be slowed down. He's also done a lot of defunding for the post office, taken away a lot of their money and a lot of their budget. So there are a lot of obstacles that are being created to make it difficult for people to vote. And I think that needs to be sort of something that people are aware of. You know, if you do do mail and vote, make sure that you send it in with plenty of time to be received. It's the foundation of our democracy, and he's questioning it. It's very, I mean, it's, and there's never been a problem with mail-in voting. So that's a, yeah, it's a, <laughs> it's going to be a crazy ride in the next few months. Um, you know, I do as a, as, um, you know, reading astrology and tarot cards and energy. What's your feelings about the next few months? Do you have any kind of uh, sensation? I am afraid that there will be some sort of grab for power. Um, I haven't, I have not been able to come to a resolution about what I think is happening and I'm trying not to live in fear, but I also see, you know, without being psychic, I see the writing on the wall. I see the moves that he's trying to make and it's scary to me. So I'm, I'm going to be on vacation at, in a cabin on election day. <laughs> so I'm going to be in the woods. Yeah, not bad idea. <laughs> After I've mailed in my ballot with ample time to be received. I, I, <laughs> I might be right there with you. I'm not sure. Um, he's definitely set the table up for a lot of questionable things. And, uh, you know, hopefully um, none of that will come true. That's the only thing I can hope that the people will pull through and surprise us the same way they voted in Barack Obama the first time, I believe. I think, you know, I think that at the end of the day, we will find a way for light and love and understanding to prevail. Um, I just hope it's sooner rather than later. You know, I hope it doesn't, I hope it's not the result of a complete collapse of our systems, you know, like, and I mean, complete, <laughs> like, I hope we can see, I hope we can salvage what we've built and sort of build in a new direction. That's, you know, 
and just a more caring, better understanding society. Yeah, well, I agree with you on that. I, I, I believe in positivity and, you know, love will find its way through. The truth will come out soon enough. And we're just kind of, uh, in a sense, you know, reaping what we're, what we sowed and as a society as a whole of this system that's being exposed as broken that we all knew. Very, very broken. Yeah. And we all knew it was broken, but we just accepted it and just dealt with a broken system. Yeah, Well, because it, you know, it looked like things might be getting better for a while, especially under the Obama administration with Obamacare and, you know, trying to sort of move more in that direction and, you know, uh, legalizing gay marriage. We have, you know, under the Obama administration, we, a lot of really great, wonderful things happened. And then it's just sort of, um, you know, it's just been hard these last well, it's, it's been hard for a lot of people because you're watching someone take away everything Obama put together. And that's, that's something that's like, wait, no, the majority of the country wanted this. <laughs> it's like business, you know, it just seems like it's all business deals. It's all like crooked, corrupt, money-making schemes behind closed doors, sure. in my opinion. And, and it does happen on both sides. So I'm, I'm not trying to pick on one side only. This is, oh, yeah, both sides are broken, yeah, for sure. Both sides are, and just the current one in right now is, is really showing a lot of it. So, <laughs> what's that? It's really messed up. It really is. So that's why it's like, it's tough to, you know, it's tough to witness what's going on because, you know, you, it's it's hard to believe that this is going on. It's like, mm-hmm. what, what happened to this country? It's like, all of a sudden people don't want other people to to get better and they don't want, they don't care about other people in this country. And it's like, that's not what this country's about, you know, and it's just that, and that's the, so there's a lot of confusion for a lot of people, I believe. And, and I think, you know, having this downtime too helps and doesn't help because a lot of people are unable to handle a lot of this. And I, I grew up, I always, and not to have a, a weird joke out about this, but I played by myself a lot <laughs> as a kid, you know, I had my room, I had my little games. I did, I, you know, recorded music and pretended I was a DJ, the whole deal. Um, uh, made fake movies, you know, and that, I kept myself occupied as a kid, you know. So I, I have never a problem, and I guess being a radio guy, you really don't have a problem being by yourself. That's <laughs> kind of what this is, uh, you know, this kind of turned into a full time, you know, by yourself gig. But um, let's 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 change uh, subjects a little bit. I want to go back to hexing again. Uh, we have oh. Renee Watt with us. Uh, RainbowGlitterStar.com is her website uh, for astrology, tarot cards, and and other interesting information she might have, uh, be able to help you with in that realm. Mm-hmm. TikTok has, I guess, a a witch talk. It's a mm-hmm. side. Th- is it a side thing or is it a part of TikTok that someone has named something? It or uh, is it a hashtag? Okay, well, it's a it's a hashtag that got a lot of buzz because apparently there were some uh, quote unquote baby witches that apparently had hexed the moon and uh, fairies. So let's start. Let's start there first. What's your thoughts on that? I mean, that's so ridiculous and narcissistic and like fat headed to to do. I mean, okay, first of all, the moon is the archetype of our mother. Um, you know, and it, it represents fertility and strength and it has a direct effect on our moods, especially if you follow astrology. Um, I, from what I understand, their perspective is I'm going to hex the moon and I'm going to hex fairies because then like I will be exerting my dominance. And I'm like, you 
cannot exert your dominance over the moon. That's not a thing. Um, and so, you know, plus like the moon, there is a very strong correlation between the moon and like a female's cycle, like a fertility cycle. So I wouldn't want to piss off the moon when there's like a, like a very ingrained connection to like a female's body, their moon has 28 days in a cycle. And so does like a woman's cycle. So there's like a very, very tight correlation there. But then if we're looking at hexing fairies, that's ridiculous too, because if you believe in fairies, you believe that they are sort of like trickster types, which means that they're smarter than you, first of all. <laughs> they're very mercurial. Um, second of all, like they're not afraid to F you up. Like people, you know, I know people, I don't work with fairies, but I know people who do. And like, one of the things that they always say is that like, when the fairies are mad at you, they steal your stuff. Like they'll steal your crystals or they'll like move your keys and like your stuff will go missing. So I wouldn't want to mess with a sort of like magical folklore that when you're getting along with it messes with you. So like if you're going out of your way to attack it, I don't want to know what happens then. Well, that, that makes sense. It's like it's, it seems the antithesis of what you want to do as a witch in a sense. It's, I mean, we, we all know there's wicked witches of the West out there um, who use their powers for for evil. Um, have you come across women like that or men who practice witchcraft that are pure evil and that's their intent. I mean, it doesn't seem like that would be in the jive of what being a, a witch is about. It's not, I mean, not according to me. Um, no, I don't think I've ever met anyone who I thought was pure evil. Um, I've met, you know, I, I work at an occult shop, I give readings at an occult shop. And so, you know, I've encountered a lot of different people and I don't think that everyone understands like what exactly their karma is. And I don't think that people fully understand like the point of evolving your soul to become a better person. I definitely have seen people who are more of the malicious standpoint who I don't agree with sort of their point of view, but I've never met anyone that I thought was like pure evil. Yeah. That would seem to go above and beyond where you want to, <laughs> where you want to take what you're doing in a sense. I mean, just, just in general, I'm sure the power is a lot more, uh, stronger than there anyone's able to handle. I mean, maybe <laughs> just throwing that out there. Um, one of their yeah. their their other things outside the moon and uh, the fairies was uh, apparently uh, setting their eyes on the sun to hex the sun. So it's like you know we talk about it, good and evil in this world. It's like <laughs> yeah, I mean that's just that's just really ridiculous. It seems pretty misguided to me. More than anything, I just think it. it, it seems completely narcissistic and just like there is a very inflated ego happening if that's what you're doing there's another story um you know the, these are baby witches that's what they're i guess they're calling them in a sense maybe a little too young to really understand what they're doing in the first place uh, it took you a long time to how, how long did it take for you to kind of get the grasp of what you were doing when you got started to maybe to the point where you're looking back and going wow i I shouldn't have done that or, you know, to the point where you get wise in a sense. Uh, I mean, I think that, you know, probably in my early 30s, it started to click in a way that it hadn't before. Um, I'm, you know, I'm 32 now, so like late, late 20s, early 30s. 
But I also definitely think that the part, you know, like one of the biggest parts of witchcraft for me is that you're constantly being asked to sort of like observe your situation, observe how you can change, observe how magic can help you. And so I think that as long as you're practicing, there's always sort of an opportunity to learn and sort of like make mistakes so you can course correct and sort of be smarter and more experienced moving forward. So it's kind of one of those beautiful things where you don't ever, you know, you just don't ever really lose your opportunity to learn. That's what I'll say. Now that goes across the board, I'm sure for everyone too. Everyone should never lose an opportunity to learn something regardless of where, Mm -hmm. of where it's at. So these are like I mentioned, baby witches, you know, something like this that comes out across the internet, uh, hexing the moon, fairies, is is that a detriment to the witch society? I don't think so. I think it's just like, I just think they look like fools, you know, and that's their, their, their problem and their karma, and they're going to have to sort of look back on themselves in five years and see how ridiculous they are. Right. So, you know. I think that most of the witch community is just sort of rolling their eyes at it. I've talked to a lot of colleagues who are like, have you seen this? That's crazy. You know, like (laughs) we're just like, all right, like they're clowns to us. Right. But witchcraft is taken serious in other parts of the world. Mm -hmm. I mean, not that it isn't here, but it's, it's, I don't think it's taken as serious here as it is at other places around the world. There's a story in Ghana it's a town in the Baku municipality in the Upper, Re- Upper East region. The police are on a manhunt for a person who lynched a 90-year-old woman after a soothsayer pointed her out as a witch. The lynching of this person was recorded on a video by this Sine Institute reveals that when a person accused of being a witch is brought to the healing center, water is sprinkled on them, and if they are a witch, they allegedly confess. The Sine Institute, an NGO, is using the video to back a petition to the president to shut down this witch healing center, basically is what they're calling it. So it's kind of like a re-education camp, I guess, for witches. Oh, I'm I'm just thinking of Salem now. I'm just like (laughs) thinking of the witch trials. Um, And they're all women, by the way. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I wonder if it's just a situation where they don't want women to have like a connection to their intuition or their ability to be healers. I mean, you're looking at a third world. It's um, they still have their old ways of thinking. So a lot of things, you know, back in the day when you were a witch doctor, I'm sure it was taken very serious. And the Mm -hmm. tribe and wherever you are in the world, whatever island or country you're coming from, I mean, that's scary and for a lot of people to you know to be seeing somebody practice witchcraft and you know or be uh, be the town witch doctor i'm sure is uh instilled a lot of fear people i mean I don't, it's, it's, yeah i mean i think that fear exists in, even in america too because i remember when i was in middle school and i was like i'm a witch and people were like it's a witch like burn the witch, like get the witch. So I yeah. think that fear is like kind of, I don't know. And that's social stereo. What's that? So I think that fear exists everywhere, just in different extremes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think in, in their deep, dark minds, if they want to say that burn the witch, because that's what you're, you see on TV, you know, those are the stories you read about. So you might as well, well, that's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> you know, it's like. Yeah. Like original, cool. Like. <laughs> I. 
you know, and, and again, it goes to the society we built for ourselves, you know, of, of fear of certain things and, and believing these fears and continue, continuing to believe in these fears instead of realizing that it's not necessary. You know, there's so much that's not necessary out there to fear. Um, we have, again, Renee Watts with us, rainbowglitterstar.com. We'll get into a little bit of the astrology here in a second, but I, I wanted to mention um, synchronicities. Yeah. So I think we've talked about this before. Maybe brought up certain things, but uh, I, I was watching this movie on Amazon Prime. It's called Aeon of Horus: The Occult History of NASA. Oh, cool. Yeah. So it's a very interesting connection between you know occult and NASA and how they got together because you know it's a very interesting documentary. It's kind of hard to follow a little bit, but it's. You know, throw on the uh, the uh, subtitles and you'll be okay. Um, yeah. You know, Aleister Crowley and, you know, all these guys that are part of um, way back then, the witchcraft, mm-hmm. are somewhat mingled in together with this as well. So I watch this movie and I go take a walk around my block and there's this little construction company fixing this house garage. So a bunch of workers are there mm-hmm. and one of them's wearing a NASA shirt. Oh, there you go. So I was like, all right, I know it's a small little synchronicity, but I mean, how often you go watch a guy building a garage wearing a NASA shirt? Yeah, no, that's true. And just like have that time to have that timing line up like that too, where it was like right after you watch a movie, you just happen to go for a walk, you happen to go down that block, like that, like all those things come together. Right. So what's your thoughts on synchronicity? And, you know, I mean, I, I'm trying to pay more attention to, the things like that. I, and I love connecting the dots Yeah. to my I thoughts. Mean, and I think synchronicity is one of the funnest and sometimes one of the loudest ways to sort of like see and understand a connection with the universe. For me, I always try to look for things to happen in threes, but I mean, synchronicity, you can be active about finding synchronicity. It doesn't have to just be like something that you, um, encounter by chance, which I think is awesome. Like, you know, how you experience, like, that's awesome. But I think that you can also just sort of ask for synchronicities and ask for signs. So, um, you know, I, I believe that everyone has sort of like, you know, guides, you know, spirit guides that hang out around them on the other side. And I remember I had one guide who I could sense and I was trying to sort of understand him and understand his purpose a little bit more. So I asked him for a sign. I just said, hey, you know, let me know, like, give me a sign so I can know more about you. Let me know what your symbol is. Um, And, you know, just please show me in the next 48 hours. And so, you know, maybe a day or a day or two passed. It's within the 48 hour time zone, though. Um, I found a paper clip in like a really, really weird place. And I just had this sort of sense that it could have something to do with him. So I picked it up and I said, hey, I think this is your symbol. If it is, please confirm in the next 48 hours. And I think within two hours, I found another paper clip, except for it was bright pink and it was shaped like a pig. And so I was like, okay, like that's that's your symbol. And so now, you know, because his symbol is the paperclip. I know that he sort of is there to help and guide me when it comes to matters of like my business and personal organization. Interesting. So I can do the same. 
Yeah. Yeah. Ask your guides for a sign, um, you know, and it could be, you know, the synchronicities can come in, up in a lot of different ways where it's sort of like you see a ton of hummingbirds in one day or within a week, you just see, you just notice a ton, a ton, a ton of hummingbirds. Well, you're probably getting some sort of a message. So you might want to, you know, do a little bit of research into the symbolism behind a hummingbird or synchronicities can even come up where it's sort of like you have a song stuck in your head uh, and it's kind of a weird, random, obscure song. And then you're driving home and all of a sudden, like this really random song is playing on the radio. So then, you know, that's sort of like, okay, like that's a synchronicity because you were thinking about something and then it manifested. And so then you would want to pay attention to, okay, well, what was that song about? And what was I feeling when I heard it? And there can be a message there. And that's sort of how you decode it. I had one synchronicity story. It was kind of interesting. Um, I was looking for a computer, but before I was getting to work, I was listening to a song from Tom Petty and, uh, and uh, oh God, uh, Fleetwood Mac. What's her name? Stevie Nicks. Stevie Nicks. Thank you. Jeez. Yeah, leather and lace. Uh, no, don't go dragging my heart around. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and I, I kept thinking like, don't go dragging, and it sounds like a dragon. Oh yeah. So I was like, dragon. I was just thinking, dragon, dragon. I was just uh, like, so I was kind of toying around, dragon, dragon. So I go out, I go to work, and I start looking up this computer that I want to look at. It's a guy who fixes computers. I was going to buy a refurbished one. His name is Dragon. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, so, so- you have to like research like what's the symbolism behind dragons like what's the mythology what's the folklore and then how does this apply to my life right okay i didn't do it at that time but i just thought the, the synchronicity of that was pretty funny um yeah. just because that and that's again you're right it is a fun part of life to to acknowledge them recognize them and then take it the next step you know is up to you if you want to decide to figure out what the universe is trying to tell you yeah, what's, the, what's the message exactly right which is very important renee watt again rainbowglitterstar.com is the website and astrology summertime i saw online a few things were happening i mean retrograde goes on it seems like all the time it seems like before you know it you're in another mercury mercury retrograde or you know something else is happening so where are we right now in, in this day and time at this time of the recording is July 29th, 2020. Um, okay, so right now, you know, we, we just finished Mercury retrograde. And so the Mercury retrograde that we had just recently was in Cancer and Cancer rules the home. And it also sort of rules like our mother or our developmental like family life. So a lot of people were having issues come up around like the way that they were raised or just like dealing with family members. And then it can also be like having issues with people that you live with. Um, So that's sort of where that Mercury retrograde was based in. And then also like, uh, you know, a lot of like appliances going haywire and breaking and things like that is very common for Mercury retrograde in cancer. Did you experience any of that? Oh, yeah. I had my garage door stop working and I was taking a bath and heard my partner yelling, like, turn off the bath, turn off the bath, because a pipe had burst and it was just like completely flooding our kitchen. Like the bathroom is above our kitchen and just like through the lights, there was just like a ton of water. So yeah, we we had a we had a couple of Mercury retrograde home hiccups. Wow. Um, right now, you know, we mostly just have outer planets 
um, in retrograde. And so those are going to be planets that are a little bit further away. That sort of, um, it's more of a drawn out sort of like societal kind of, um, shift that's happening. Everyone will have these retrogrades affect their charts differently. It depends on like, if you have planets that are in aspect to the current planets. So that's a little bit more detailed based off of everyone's chart. Um, we do have, if we're going to be focusing on retrogrades, we do have Mars retrograde coming up, which is especially difficult for Aries and Scorpio because they are both ruled by Mars. So, um, and this Mars retrograde is going to be in Aries and Mars is the planet that rules, you know, action. Um, it can have an effect on our energy levels, but a lot of it has to, you know, it has to do with our sort of will, our drive to do something like wanting to get up and do something, wanting to take care of business. Um, it also is pretty primal. Um, so, you know, there can be stuff around sex and with it being in retrograde, it means that it's not like functioning in it's normal, happy go lucky way. So, um, you know, Aries is, that's the sign that it's in while it's retrograde. Aries is a sign that very much is about sort of like starting new projects and leading the way and being brave and being bold. And with this retrograde happening, we could, you know, have issues around our bravery. We could, you know, find ourselves having issues with our energy levels. When Mars goes into retrograde, because I'm a Scorpio with an Aries moon, I notice that my energy levels take a really big hit. And it can be difficult to get new projects off the ground. Uh, we're in the sort of the pre-shadow of this retrograde, which means that that energy is starting to come in for us, even though the planet is not fully retrograde. Um, it will turn retrograde on September 9th, and it will remain in retrograde until November 13th. And then it will have a post shadow that lasts until January 2nd. So we have, a, you know, a, quite a large chunk of time here where it's going to be hard to initiate new projects. So anything that you want to initiate and get off the ground, I would try to get that taken care of before September 9th. Um, and then just be really patient for yourself while we are writing out the retrograde from September 9th to November 13th. And just, you know, um, give yourself patience, give yourself extra time to complete tasks and try not to allow like stress to just overwhelm you, you know, and then also because Mars is, you know, the planet of war, you want to really be careful about being patient with other people and not allowing your sort of temper to flare because that can be a problem when Mars is not functioning normally. Hey, right during election time. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Awesome. Um, well, uh, Renee, why I do want to thank you for your time. I, thank you for having me. You know, of course. And we'll do this again for sure. But, uh, before you go, um, there is a movie coming out. It's a remake of the witches. Do you remember okay. the, do you remember the movie, the witches? Do you ever Which see one it? Is that? It's with Angelica Houston and a little boy gets turned into a mouse. No, I don't know if I saw that one. Okay, well, the original one's really good. It's actually kind of creepy, and it's, it was really well done. But Robert Zemeckis is remaking it, and it's going to be um, with Anne Hathaway. And that just kind of came out news today, actually, which is interesting. It's coming out uh, in uh, sometime next year and with a PG rating. And it's a, it's a Road Doll movie, or a Road Doll book turned into a movie. So Road Doll did, of course, um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. So 
he, I think he's got something against kids. I don't know what it is, you know, <laughs> turning them into mouses and, and manipulating them in some way during uh, uh, the Wonka's factory. Um, it's going it's to include Anne Hathaway, Octavia Spencer, uh, Stanley Tucci, Chris Rock, and uh, Jazeera Katim Bruno. And that's the, the cast. And I like that cast. It seems pretty interesting. So I just figured some trailers coming out for that. Anything that has to do with witches. Yes. Um, there's actually the, there's the, on Amazon, there's a movie called the love, Witch. I love it. Yeah. It's so good. But it's like 1960, late sixties, early seventies. So it's a little, a little campy, but, uh, it's interesting as well. So you should check that out too. So I have it on my, uh, to, to be watched list. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a modern movie, but it's sort of set in that time. It was supposed to look like an old movie. Is that what you're saying? I think, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's fascinating. Yeah, no, they just did a really good job. Yeah, the one that I'm thinking of is more. It's more modern. Oh wow, that's uh, okay. Then I, I'm looking at it. I'm watching it. I'm like, this thing was made in 1968. <laughs> you know? No, I don't know. They did a really good job of sort of like translating that time period. No, that it's real. I- such a good movie, but you're right. It's totally campy. <laughs> I do want to watch it now. I didn't realize it was, I literally thought it was a whole movie. So that's kind of funny. So yeah, um, yeah right on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we'll leave it at that. My mistake on that movie. I thought it was an old one, but uh, well, cool. I appreciate your time. Uh, Rainbowglitterstar.com is your website uh, for cards, red astrology and um, spell kits and crystals as well. And then I also have my podcast, which doctor it. Okay. And that's all available at rainbowglitterstar.com. So, well, very cool. I thanks for the update on being a witch and what's happening in the world today, I guess. And we'll catch up soon. We got more political than we have in the past, but I think it was good. People, you know, well, that's what's going on in the world right now. It's hard to avoid. And, uh, yeah, it's time to be having conversations like this, to be frank. You're right. You're right about that. All right. Well, awesome. I appreciate it. And, uh, Yes, and we'll have you on Witch Doctor again soon, or for the first time soon. Yeah, we'll have that'd, you that'd be that. fun. I'm, I'm down with that. Awesome. <laughs> All right, thanks, Renee. I appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you. I want to thank Renee Watt for joining the show and for sharing her experiences and knowledge with us, and she can be found online at rainbowglitterstar.com, and you can catch her podcast, The Witch Doctorate, where she just interviewed me. So if you want to hear me be a guest, well, that would be a good place to go, rainbowglitterstar.com. It was a very enlightening conversation, to say the least. Uh, this show can be heard as a podcast on Spotify, Google, Apple, Anchor FM, and, of course, you can hear them all at themothershipradioshow.com. So I want to thank you for tuning in. I really do appreciate it. Lately, we've been kind of getting off the rails of you know ghosts and aliens and UFOs and real strange and unusual stories just because... I mean, it's the elephant in the room right now of what's going on. Systemic racism, a pandemic, how are you handling this? This affects every single person on this planet. So we're all in this together, and I think it's important to talk it out, and it's hard to avoid as well. So I think it's important to bring it on the show, and maybe this helps people out there listening in to know that you're not alone and feeling alone. There's a lot of people out there that feel the same way, that the world is going weird, and we're just trying to figure out how to seatbelt ourselves in <laughs> this is, I guess how are you going to handle the ride if you will but uh, maybe this has been helpful for you guys out there I hopefully it has next week I don't know where this show is going to go so we'll have to stay tuned and find out until then my name is Kevin Gassman reminding you to stay strange and unusual until we pick you up next time on the Mothership Radio Show <laughs>
watching the sky. Our impulses are being redirected. We are living in an artificially induced state of consciousness that resembles sleep. The movement was begun eight months ago by a small group of scientists who discovered, quite by accident, these signals being sent through The poor and the underclass are growing. Racial justice and human rights are non-existent. They have created a repressive society and we are their unwitting accomplices. Their intention to rule rests with the annihilation of consciousness. We have been lulled into a trance. They have made us indifferent to ourselves, to others. We are focused only on our own game. Please understand, they are safe as long as they are not discovered. That is their primary method of survival. Keep us asleep, keep us selfish, keep us sedated. 